you can't have attachment and be present. Like to be really present in the moment, yeah, of course, do all the work, do all your character analysis, do all your accent work, do all your dialect work, understand how this character's body moves in a certain space. Like to the nth degree, like you can take it as far as you want. I've interviewed a lot of actors on the podcast and some of them have like flown to where, you know, their character's history was on the other side of the world just to like be connected to their family home a lot of actors when they get a role will, will walk in the character's shoes yeah like shoes are big for actors um but then the moment like the camera goes like they'll be like in three two one action or you're on set you let go of absolutely everything and you give over to the present moment so that is what's taught me about non-attachment like yeah work your butt off but in the moment you've just got to honor the moment Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hello, balancers, and welcome back to another episode of The Balance Theory podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, a very warm welcome to you. I thought I would kick off this episode with another little shout out to a beautiful review I've received. I've actually received a couple over the last week or so. So thank you so much to everybody who's taken the time to leave them. Every time I read them, it honestly just gives me that little bit of spark and it reminds me why I'm pouring so much time and energy into all of this and our collective balance. It really does literally melt my heart as cliche as that sounds, but I do really appreciate it and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. So this review is from Annie Lou and it says, my favorite podcast to hike to. The Balance Theory has changed the way I approach what is important in my life. Every episode, there is something new I can incorporate into my balance with ease to improve my balance noticeably. Great self-care, inspiring guests, and Erica is humble and informed. Love it. Truthfully grateful to be on this journey and growing this community with you all. So a big, big thanks to Annie and everyone else who's taken the time to leave me a review. I'm really excited about today's guest because she is just such a down-to-earth, beautiful human. And I was fortunate enough to actually be introduced to her through the podcasting space. It is none other than the wonderful Lola Berry. And I was also lucky to get her in and amongst her move from Sydney to LA. So thank you to Lola for making the time to squeeze me in, in and amongst her busy life. So for those of you who don't know Lola, she is a TV presenter, a best-selling author, nutritionist, and a yoga teacher. She's currently studying acting and TV presenting in LA, which is why she moved there. Although she has been quite active in the media world for well and truly over a decade, speaking as a health professional on shows like The Today Show, ACA, and The Project. What I found most impressive as well is she has written 10 not one, 10 health and wellness books. And she's currently working on her 11th, which will be out in November, which we speak a little bit about towards the end of today's episode, which is so exciting and an incredible milestone. She's also the co-creator of medicinal brain tonic coffee, Lola Coffee, which we'll chat about a bit in episode two. And lastly, which is what I was absolutely most drawn to was her podcast, Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry, where she interviews profiles about their failures and how it's really the tough times that shape to help us grow. This is obviously something you guys know I absolutely love. I'm inspired by people's failures and not necessarily how they react to failure, but how they bounce back from failure. So that's obviously something we chat a lot about today as well. And it's not going to be just this random discussion on, okay, rewiring failure. Why is it important? What does failure mean? How we can, you know, change our perspective, stuff like that. We're actually going to give you practical steps on how to do that. You guys know I'm all about practicality and there's no point randomly talking about stuff if there's no way for you to tangibly apply that 
So we actually speak about how you can rewire that failure now, starting after this podcast. Lola also humbly shares a quote, public failure of hers that has taught her a lot. And it's really all about accepting your humanity. And like I said before, it's not about when you fail, but how you actually bounce back and respond to that. We chat about setting goals, um, executing on getting started. And another thing which I'm in love with, love this concept, the art of detaching and why you can't actually have attachment and be present. So what that process of detachment actually looks like. She also shares an activity that was really surprising that fills her cup, which I love. And as I said before, we talk a little bit about her coffee and podcast too. Links to her show are in the show notes below. So if you do love today's chat, I would strongly recommend you go and listen to the incredible guests and content that she's putting out over there. And really what you can expect today is just the real true Lola. She's a what you see is what you get kind of girl. No bells and whistles, just the real deal. And I'm so grateful she shared that with us today. Take a screenshot, tag myself and Lola. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was from today's show. And as always, if you love this, you can click subscribe on your preferred platform or scroll to the bottom of your Apple podcast episodes and leave us a review and rating. On that note, let's dive straight in. All righty, streaming all the way from LA. I've got the wonderful Lola Berry. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I've already listened to a fair few of your apps, so I'm a fan. Oh, awesome. That's very humbling to hear. I've been loving your podcast, Fearlessly Failing. Absolutely love the title. I think it encompasses so much goodness and you unpack it all with all your incredible guests. So I'm really keen to get into some of those today. But just for any guests, uh, any listeners tuning in that may not have come across your podcast or read any of your books or seen any of your content, can you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. My name is Lola. I am a qualified nutritionist. I've written 10 health books. I'm bringing an 11th book out this coming November in Australia. And yeah, it's not about health. It's completely different, which is really exciting slash nerve wracking. (laughs) It's kind of more personal development and stuff that I've learned over the years. I'm 35 now. So I'm like, oh, I've got some little like I've learned some gems in my 20s, you know. Um, Got some decades to pump into chapters. (laughs) Right. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, And, yeah, and I'm in LA at the moment. I'm really chasing a dream in the entertainment industry over here. I'd love to do TV hosting and I'm doing acting school. I just got into two different acting schools. So I'm ready to, yeah, get studying over here. That's so exciting. So you've always kind of had your fingers in a few pies. I know your uh, your work's always been quite diverse. What sort of led you into the health space to start with, into the whole nutrition pathway? Yeah, I was um, a DJ and a makeup artist, super unhealthy, party cat, loved caramello koalas, only the giant ones, only like these. <laughs> or else it's not worth uh, it. Right. You can't get them over here. You can't, oh, although I have had a couple of. We'll have to express Please. ship you a, a goodie box. Oh, my God, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I'll it consume them in one go. I've had a couple of um, Reese's Buttercups here, though. They're so good. They are good, too. And unhealthy. As a nutritionist, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying that. But, um, yeah, so I wasn't really leading a healthy life. And then I just went on a summertime detox when I was, like, 20, 19. No, I was 18, I think uh, feels like a lifetime ago now. And I just started to be like, oh my God, I feel so good. My skin is good. My eyes are good. I can sleep better. Like when I say my eyes are good, like the whites were really clear mm. and, um, and like weight loss ended up just being a byproduct. And so, yeah, it just, 
I just became so excited to learn about how foods impact our not just you know our physical body but also like our emotions our psychology Mm. that's awesome it's nice I always love hearing when people's stories originate from something organic like that like you just found that it was something you know so beneficial you saw the results and dive straight into it so that's that's a really nice um I guess little segue and so in LA I'm so excited to see what uh comes for you in the next year but what is the ultimate dream is it to host a show is it sort of um you know bring your podcast content into something of your own can you give any teasers about what's on the cards yeah, I mean, look, I'm coming in at here at zero. It's taken me five years to get my green card. So this trip that I'm on right now is like you call it an activation trip. So it's just the legality of getting the, the paperwork, the green cards and, and kind of like getting ready to set a life up here. So at the moment I'm here to train, learn, meet as many people as I can. Uh, um, California's in not a lockdown, but there's still some restrictions for a couple more weeks. So I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen. You can't get a meeting without being vaccinated here and wow. you can't um, get into acting school without being vaccinated. So I've got to wait for my second dose before I can kind of like jump at a few things. Yeah. Um, but the dream would be like to host a variety show like Jimmy Fallon or Steve Colbert or yeah, like Alan, Oprah, like the dream would be a proper talk show host. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking lessons and classes to help with building that. I'm also training in acting. So, of course, I'd love to do that as well. We'll just have to see. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to reflect back to this episode because I know you're going to do so many amazing things. So very exciting for you. Um, I want to go into, I guess, the actual the juice, the lemon of your podcast, which is really all about rewiring failure. It's about, you know, I think people get so held back because they're just scared to quote fail. Um, but I, I love this. I love this concept of you either win or you learn. So really there's no failure because you're always learning from things that are hurdles, for example. Um, and so I want to know, I guess, how that concept came into being your podcast premise and what are some practical ways that we can actually go about that? Because I think it's one thing to talk arbitrarily about these concepts. Like, yeah, it's, you know, you've got to embrace failure and take the lessons and all these things. But like, do you have any like practical tips of how people can actually do that? Because sometimes those moments of overwhelm and negativity, it's really hard to kind of put that hat on and go, okay, what's the lesson here? Totally great questions. Uh, so, okay, first one for me, like the reason why it exists, the first part of that question, the reason why it exists is because I was just sick of like seeing, and myself included, Instagram is a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'll put up like a selfie of like me when I'm in the Maldives, when I'm, you know, was in Melbourne lockdown last year or something like, and it wasn't always true to what was going on in my real life. And so the premise behind the podcast is like, yes, let's let's celebrate these incredible human beings, but let's also talk about the trips along the way because I've found through my own life experience and through speaking to people, it's the trips, the hurdles, the lessons that end up being kind of like the growth, the gold, and the thing that ultimately gets you the success. Yeah. There's that awesome Michael Jordan quote, and he basically says like, I've missed 9,000 like whatever it's called when you go for that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, that's why I'm a success. Like I've missed so many that I'm so willing to keep going, keep going, keep going and failing and failing and failing until I succeed. And I love discovering what that, like that tenacious kind of like 
character trait is in people that are really successful. So that's why the podcast exists. As far as like, you're so right, it is so easy to be like, woo, like let's celebrate failure. <laughs> How cool, but it's freaking petrifying. It's um, daunting, self-doubt can come in. For me personally, the only thing that's kind of like got me to this state of like feeling really comfortable with failure is through therapy. I'm really open about loving yeah. having therapy. I This will be my fourth year straight of having a therapist. So for yeah. me, therapy, for you, it might be Reiki healing or being out in nature or, you know, having a great best friend to kind of like download with. But for me, it's always been a therapist. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I started therapy start of the year and it's something I'm trying to make like bread and butter conversation with anyone I speak to. And really it's like, I think my first experience with therapy was when I was uh, 13 or 14. My parents actually, very funny story. They married, divorced each other, remarried each other and then re-divorced each other. So my dad was like, right, all of you are going to therapy, like, you know, safeguarding any potential <laughs> emotional destruction going on there. And I thought at the time I was like, I'm fine. Like, I don't need this. Like, I don't know what this is even about. But I remember going and it was just like a frank conversation. And the lady said some things that just all it did was literally give me a perspective shift. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. And I was like, that's when I realized you don't need to go to therapy if you're quote broken or quote like, yes, of course, therapy helps with all those things, but like we can all do with perspective shifts. We can all do with a second opinion. And so when, especially you're in moments, you know, that's an example when I felt like I wasn't really in a vulnerable position, but I think especially when you're in those moments where you've just failed or something's really stuffed up, that's when you absolutely can rein in um, the help. But I guess to give um, our listeners a little bit more context would you be open sharing your I guess I'm not going to call it a failure because I don't think it was but your whole experience with your ebook that was a bit um, radical that took the media by a little bit of a storm would you mind sharing that story with us yeah no worries uh, also how cool is your dad for getting you guys to go to therapy <laughs> yeah 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 no legend my parents have always been very uh, supportive of it so yeah something I've personally gone out and taken up this year so pretty cool Ah, cool parents. Really, really, really cool. Um, yeah, so I bought a diet plan out. Uh, it'd be a long time ago now. I would have been like 27, maybe 28. I'm 35 now. So um, basically it was in the height of the success that I had around, like I bought cookbooks out like called The Happy Cookbook, The Happy Life, and it was all very happy and positive and joyful. And most um, health authors at that stage of the game what all bringing out these like four week detox plans in ebook online because it was like a really great way to make passive income. And I had a business partner at the time and he was like, you need to do one too. Everyone in your field is doing it. It's how you can make like a buck, right? And I was like, oh, that's cool. That might just pay my Paddington Sydney rent when I was living in Paddington at the time. You know what? Right. Like, you know what the cost of living in Paddington's like. Um and yeah, and we, I wrote it. It was a beautiful four-week kind of like reset plan. I wrote all the recipes from scratch. I spent 10 grand on the design all out of my own pocket. And one night my business partner came home and I, of anyone that knows my history, I have a history of eating disorders but also binge eating disorder. It was really my coping mechanism through coming out of the eating disorder and I have found that through the years, I'll, even to this day, I'll turn back to the binging like or emotional eating if I'm really stressed 
And um, I've been working all day on this diet plan. Um, I'd also just gone through a breakup as I was writing it. And my business partner came home. We were also roommates at the time. And he goes, what are we going to call it? He's like, Lola's four-week weight loss plan is so boring. And he's like, it's so unoriginal. And I just binge eaten a family-sized block of marvellous creations, you know, those delicious Cadbury chocolate, but a family size. I eat the whole thing. And um, I was like, I wish I could call it Stop Being a Fat Bitch because that's how I feel today. And he was like, well, we, this is amazing. We need to shine a light on the way that women speak to themselves and ch- help women change their mindset. And I was like, I'm going to get murdered, man. Like, I can't bring a book out like that. And he was like, trust me, like, you need to help people change the way they talk to themselves and their mental dialogue. And so it was called Stop Being a Fat Bitch, Change Your Mental Dialogue, Change Your Life, all on the front cover. No one saw that subtitle. They just saw stop being a fat bitch and saw it as a personal attack I definitely did the wrong thing I stuffed up I'm so to this day very sorry for anyone that I offended uh but like the backlash of it was insane like Daily Tally was like Lullaberry career suicide a current affair ran a story there was a hashtag going around social media bin the berry with photos of my books in rubbish bins so like it was really confronting time it was a huge failure it was a huge stuff up on my end but it really did teach me that it's okay to stuff up. Like we're human. We all make mistakes, but you got to know when you have, and you got to say sorry. And um, you've also got to like, once you've owned up and taken that responsibility, you've also then got to really look after yourself as well. Cause I was getting slammed by also my health peers, like media health peers that yeah. this day, they're nicest part of my face. But like, I still remember that they, use that time to further their own career and talk down about me publicly. And I'm just like, man, so many fake dingoes in this world. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was it. That was the diet plan. Yeah. And thank you for being honest with that. I mean, that could have, that would have been such a tough moment. You know, it's one thing to sort of fail and you kind of think the world is ending, but then it's another to have the world actually like, reinforcing that behind you so that's just like really like double double Lay it on stacked you. on yes yeah, yeah. on. so like I love what you said there it's kind of like accepting your humanity right it's like we can't all yeah. be perfect and all perfectionists listening like I think this is a big one like you're not going to be like a plus all the time and it is those moments where you fail I, I was reading the other day it was like it's not when you fail it's how you actually respond and come back from it and that's what actually then will define you so out of like that whole process, obviously, and I think this is one thing people don't share a lot because when we talk about like, you know, taking the lessons, I think the first part is really just like sitting with those emotions, letting yourself kind of not, not grieve. I wouldn't say grieve is the right word, but just like let yourself feel shit about it, basically. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, totally. I think, I think yeah. that's that's a, an acceptance piece we don't always sort of kickstart with, but we do need to accept that part of ourselves before we can kind of move on. Um Big time, big time. And it's scary doing that because you're welcoming in the uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, but then that's where you can sort of, you know, digest and process, all right, what did I learn from this? What can I take from it? Just a quick word from the sponsor of today's podcast. If you haven't paid any attention to the quality of your gym accessories or feel like the ones you have kill your vibe just a little, then this is for you. 
ESFit is a brand I've co-founded with my best friend to bring all fitness lovers the confidence to sweat in style. I'm talking considered luxe fitness accessories, ranging from cotton bands that don't roll or dig to full-size sweat towels that cover you from head to toe and actually don't take up all the space in your bag. The list goes on, but you can check it all out for yourself at esfit.com.au or on Instagram at esfit, double underscore. And for all my beautiful balances, we're offering $15 off of the checkout when you use the code BALANCE. Um, before we sort of move on to the next part, have you noticed any common themes with all the people you've interviewed in terms of their bounce back from failure or their kind of approach to it? Is there any like overarching commonality? Yeah, this is going to sound so hippie, but the really <laughs> successful ones, like the really like multi-billion, bazillionaire, well, you know, just really, really successful, they're so grateful. Like they're so and they don't see their shortcomings or their failures as failures. They're just like, hey, that's what I went through. They, they're so humble and grateful and probably like less ego. And the one thing that really gets me about the like, we're talking like the top tier, like people that have said yes to the podcast. I'm like, how did you just say yes? Like I don't even, I'm gobsmacked. Um, they're really free. Like their energy is super free and yeah, like I, I, I've interviewed someone, two people I've actually interviewed and in the interviews I've got really choked up because they've just been so unapologetically themselves and when you really like honestly get that from someone, it's like it hits you in the heart. Yeah, and, yes, that's beautiful. Freedom. Mm. Love that. That's gorgeous. Yeah. All right, I want to move on now talking about uh, goals. So you're obviously a big goal setter. You go, you just go get a type of person. Um, do you have any tips for somebody listening who feels that overwhelmed with starting or just even taking the small steps to sort of kickstart that direction? Like how do we actually back ourselves to do what we want to do? Well, you're right. I'm a goal-orientated person. Actually, next to me I have a goal book with little Oh, like, my God, little- mine's right here too. <laughs> Uh, so I have to write it down. I'm very, very tactile and kinesthetic, I think is the word. Um, so first of all, do take, you, you actually gave the answer in your question, do take little steps. Like even when I first got to LA, I've only been here for like two weeks. Like so many people in Australia were like, you're going to die. You're going to get corona or someone's going to murder you, <laughs> right? Like, wow. and, and I came over like so fearful and I'm in a really great area and there's like, I can hike and see the Hollywood sign at the end of my street. Like I'm really, really lucky. And I was like, oh my God, like if, I was like, and I had to like set myself, like go for a walk today. Like the first few days, like I, I was just like in a bit of a culture shock. I was really fearful and I was really scared. And I just like every day I just set myself like a little, a little task, like, in America, the washing machines are all in the basement and they take quarters. And in my head, I'd just seen this um, TV show called You where this murderer is based in LA and he, like, meets girls at his apartment block. And anyway, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And like, I was like, today you wash your clothes. Like, just really minute, tiny little things. Um, like I was saying to you before this, I had to set up all my American bank account and I went to a bank in a not as like safe area as what I'm in right now. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to Google a different bank that is a little bit in my area. And as soon as I walked in, and I was really nervous because I'd been into a not so safe area last week. And I 
as soon as I walked into my bank, even though I was scared doing it, I was like, oh, I felt a sense of peace because I was like, oh, you made the right choice. It sounds really weird. And I'm giving like such mundane examples right now. But I think that, that, that if you've got any self-doubt or fear or anxiety or worry, simplify it, like bring it back to get outside and go for a walk and fucking write that. Oh, sorry to swear. Write that down on your daily got task list and goal list. Like, you know, it, there it's like me driving in LA. Oh, so scared, petrified. Um, you know, every day I got, a, I was like, fight the bullet, get a car, face the fear. Every day I'm like, drive to Trader Joe's, which is like their version of Coles drive to this like I'll just make myself drive to little random locations to like cut my teeth to build more confidence yeah it's like really about stepping into that zone of uncomfortable not too much that you're you know like completely a nervous wreck but like just enough that you can start dipping your toes in how about uh if we, if we just strip that back and talk about maybe a more macro goal, like a career goal, for example, now you're obviously gearing towards being the next Oprah, shall we say, um, which totally backing you on that, can't, I can definitely see you getting there. Um, how, do you, <laughs> how do you sort of go about compartmentalizing that? Because that, you know, when you think about a goal like that, it seems so like, far away and there seems like there's so much to do like to get there so would you then apply the same thing like simplify small steps well I love your questions by the way so when it comes to macro like big so we've talked micro like get outside move your body do the stuff that makes daily routine stuff yeah right yeah but it makes you confident I think confidence is like a big key player in all this Big goals. So like a big goal for me is like getting a manager over here, getting an agent over here, doing self-tapes, doing auditions. So if I'm like, oh, okay, that feels a little bit far. At the moment, I can't get a meeting, right, until I'm vaccinated. And so I'm like, well, then I better enroll in school because that's one more step that's getting me on. Like it's all about little steps to get you back, to get you to that end, like goal. And so I do like heaps of like, I've got three different notebooks here and I do heaps of planning where I work on macro goals. And I was listening to a really great podcast the other day where um, really like a, a CEO of a business was interviewed and they were like working three month increments on big goals. Wow. So like if, if the thought of like, I mean, if your goal isn't to be like an Oprah, but if your goal is like, I want to be CEO of a company or I want to, you know, be a millionaire, whatever it is, who knows? Um, yeah, that can be the macro goal, but you can break it down to three-month steps. Like, hey, well, what do I want to achieve in the next three months? Mm. Yeah. And for me, that'd be like, let's get make sure in three months you've got a manager and, and let's make sure you've been to classes. Because then you look back after three months and you're like, oh, my God, I've done so much. That said, coming back to the micro steps, I've been in LA for two weeks. I look back, I've achieved so much that I wanted to achieve just like life admin things, but it's all happening. And they're all the things that I actually need to get a job over here. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it all balances out. Like it all works together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a, there's an element of that too, where if you just have the one big goal and you don't break it down, then you don't get that satisfaction of like, I've achieved things and you don't get that moment of like, okay, I'm doing stuff. I'm taking steps in the right direction. If you just put, get an agent and you don't, you know, like, you know, all the little nuances you have to do, but you don't actually feel like you're taking steps towards it because you haven't gotten the agent. So it's also a way to sort of uh, self-motivate in a way, I think. I I mean, I definitely get like an adrenaline pump from ticking my boxes. So that's just one thing I like to do as well. (laughs) 
Do you know they say it actually jacks up dopamine in your brain? Like it literally works in the reward. But, yeah, you're like, I literally am like, look, I've got my highlighter here. I've got my pen. Like I have to colour in once I have a little box, like once I've achieved that thing. Love that. I'll even like if I forget, if I do something that wasn't on list, I'll put it on list just so I can cross it off. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, admin lovers. (laughs) I want to... um. I want to bring up a quote I read or I think you said or read in an interview previously that I loved. It said, it's exciting that I've had a business, sold it, written books, not written books. I'm now not attached to anything that I do. I love this. I think there's so much goodness in, and I'm going to coin it, the art of detaching. Um, You know, I think that when we're striving towards a goal, and I think everyone listening will resonate with this, right? Even if it's something so simple, like I want a Dior handbag, or I would like to make associate or partner or whatever your goal is. Once you get it, what's the first thing we do? We look at what we want next. There's never like this moment where we're just content. And so the reason I am bringing this up with like the art of detaching is I think there's um, there's a skill actually in that because I think as humans, we're always chasing, we're always moving forward. I mean, that's what's allowed our, our species to progress to where we are today. But, you know, in, in light of that, I think it, it does give you a lot of space to just sort of be free and flexible. So what are your, can you kind of back, I guess, your thoughts on that quote as well in the art of detaching? Ah, oh, such a great topic. You've got such brilliant questions. Do you know you sent them to me for people listening? I was sent these beforehand, but I always look at them real fast and then put them straight away so that I'm in the moment with you. Like I don't like preparing too oh, much, good. even though I'm a list person. I don't like, I mean, it, and so it was so, it's just so nice to like be in the moment with you while you ask these. So first of all, thank you. In yoga, we're big on non-attachment. Like that's a big, but I, it never really stuck with me when I was learning it in my yoga teacher training because I'm like, stuff that. I'm rocking up at yoga every day at 6 a.m. I'm going to want to be able to get into a pretzel. Like I am going to want to see the results of that hard work. Yeah. But um, the, the penny drop moment for me around the art of non-attachment or um, for me was I learned it in acting school. So I've been training in acting for three years now in Australia and um, there's a really great teacher of mine and she was like, you do all the work. Like, she's like, this is the Olympics. Like, you work harder than anyone else. Successful actors, they're hard workers. That's, it's not, hard work trumps talent every time. Like, this is what they're telling you every day in class. Like, it's all about work hard, work hard, work hard, and work harder than everybody else. Um, But there's like, they also say work so hard, but the moment you get up on stage or the moment you get onto a TV set, you let all of that work go and you just be in the present moment and you honor that present moment and that's when you see the most amazing actors they're super powerful at being present and you can't have attachment and be present like to be really present in the moment yeah of course do all the work do all your character analysis do all your accent work do all your dialect work understand how this character's body moves in a certain space like to the nth degree like you can take it as far as you want I've interviewed a lot of actors on the podcast and some of them have like flown to where you know their character's history was on the other side of the world just to like be connected to their family home a lot of actors when they get a role will will walk in the character's shoes yeah like shoes are big for actors um but then the moment like the camera goes like they'll be like in three two one action or you're on set you let go of absolutely everything and you give over to the present moment 
So that is what's taught me about non-attachment. Like, yeah, work your butt off. But in the moment, you've just got to honor the moment. So what does that actually look like? Does that look like letting go of thoughts? Does it, does it look like letting go of self-doubt? Like what does it actually look like? So in acting, if you're in a, if you've got a scene partner, say you and I are scene partners, it's me letting go of all my the bullshit of letting go of whatever the next line is. Like it's me knowing the line so well that they're in my bones and knowing every single intention that I have behind every word so much that if you and I are sharing a scene, all I care about is what I'm trying to get from you or how I'm trying to affect you. So all I'm doing is like my sole focus is you. If you're trying to make partner and you want, you've got that big meeting coming up where they're going to be like really grilling you, you need to be so prepared, but so clear in the moment that you're not like, oh, fuck, did, that, did I do that right bit of paperwork or, you know, did I do well enough that thing or have I dressed properly for this? Like you have to be so ahead of all of that and clear. Mm. that so that you can be in the moment yeah your thoughts aren't taken by anything else I feel like I'm giving you a really waffly answer but I think it's just about being super present super clear having done the work but willing to let go so that in any moment you can run a different you can you can totally turn a different direction like a director might be like hey can you do that but in a Scandinavian accent, you're like, yes, no sweat. No director would probably do that to you. But my point <laughs> is it's being so flexible and fluid with everything you've done. Yeah. And I think this um, pairs really nicely with the idea of balance because if you are so fixated or so attached to what you think your balance should look like or what you think society's idea of balance is and you don't allow for the ebbs and flows of life to sort of knock you around. And so when we talk about balance in the podcast, I mean, I'm sure you would have heard it if you've tuned into a couple episodes, but it's this idea that, you know, traditional work-life balance, I just don't think is a metric that um, people can tune into nowadays because for most of us, work and life are not actually separate. And, um, you know, I think that also makes us feel like work has to be this non-enjoyable thing and life has to be this super enjoyable thing. And really life's not always super enjoyable. Like you do have crappy days and work sometimes is super enjoyable. So it's about giving back the power to people to own their own balance, you know, across the health relationships and fulfillment, whatever that looks like. And so this idea of detaching, I think, plays such a nice part because your balance will chop and change as your life, you know, progresses. And if you're open and receptive and flexible, then you can just continue to own that as life goes on. But I guess my question is, do you have any practices that help you kind of honor that moment? Because I think it's, you know, when I think of maybe like a a stressful meeting you've got coming up or an interview, like it's great to understand, okay, I'm going to, you know, I I know I'm prepared. I'm going to just let go of all that self-doubt and be present. But do you think there are practices like meditation or, you know, things you can train yourself to be better at kind of grasping that? Yeah, totally. I love what you were saying about work-life balance as well, because just on that one quickly, like I've always never seen my work as work, like that's passion for me. So I've never like, I've never given a second thought to doing work on any day of a week or at any time of the night. Like I'm doing a, a few Australian podcasts and they're all at nighttime for me. Like after yours is the only one that's in my work day, like my work nine to five day, but in everyone else is like nine at night and seven at night, you know? So yeah, I think it's, it's also like, is your work a chore or is it part of your love and your passion? And then like, for me, it's just like, 
balance becomes just part of what you do. Anyway, that's, um, I totally digress. The question was more about how do you find that present moment? Do I use meditation, yoga, snake? Yeah. I use all of it. But I think for me, I would probably still come, to come down to real mental health practices because yeah. I can do all the yoga in the world. But if I'm anxious or getting a bit OCD about something or feeling uncomfortable with something or leaning on food too heavily, um, none of it will work. It won't land. It'll be a little Band-Aid. I need to get to the root of the cause. I need yeah. to sit down with someone that's got an unbiased opinion usually. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So really it is like... I think you've got to assess how you current, like anyone listening, maybe who's really interested in this concept, you, you kind of got to take a moment to reflect on how you would normally kind of show up in those situations. And then you can kind of backtrack from there. Think, okay, like what's, what, what can I try? And then it's trial and error, right? Like try yoga, try meditation. If you feel like that's still not arming you, maybe go down the therapy path or Reiki or whatever's your vibe, crystals, channel them whatever you got to do um but we'll we'll um dive into the concept of balance now because that was actually my next question and to your point the reason i because i i've read like a lot of different frameworks on like you know like people's lives and they always have this category of work but it always i don't know just that concept you know like work in and of itself i think has the connotations of like hard negative um, you know, just takes your time, those sorts of things. And so I called it fulfillment instead of work, because I think if you call it work, you exclude single parents, you exclude full-time students, people who do volunteer, ladies of leisure, you know, all those people who do things that are fulfilling, but aren't classified as work. Also people such as yourself who, you know, are so passionate about what you do. Yes, it's your work, but you own, it's more like it's your work. It's not work. Does that make sense? Because yeah, totally. An ownership piece to it. Um, so when we talk about your balance, and I guess maybe that's different now that you've moved to LA, what are some of the things that form part of your either daily or weekly rituals that are non-negotiable that help you stay balanced? So you're gonna laugh so much at this one. So you're expecting me to be like meditation, yoga, <laughs> yeah, I do those things, but I do them because I know that they make me feel mentally and physically good. So they almost feel like more work than <laughs> fulfillment in some ways. Yeah. Um, for me, like if I'm like, oh, I just need some lola, like I need some lola time, I need to feel connected to purpose. Do you know what I do? I freaking take myself to the movies because I, I love, love watching, yeah, I love watching creative souls, actors, directors, whatever, um, put something out there into the universe that has the potential to, to connect with the audience, me in that instance. And when you see something that's really moving or has an impact or a profound impact on you, and it might be like the way the, the movie score is, like the soundtrack, it might not be there. It could just be something like I recently saw Promising Young Woman with Kerry Mulligan and it blew me away. It's super dark. It's super sad. It's super painful, but it's, it's really dark comedy. But like the movie score, like the music score paired with the amazing acting, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And like that filled my cup. You know, so for me, balance would be something like that, watching someone super creative, like creatively doing their thing is the wrong English. But what I'm trying to say is like watching a creative soul live their dharma or purpose would be something I would do to bring that balance to my life if I was feeling a bit down or a little bit um, just flat. I'd probably be looking at those kind of things or I'll watch like my favorite movie or a Steve Irwin doco or something. It's always in the entertainment field though, for me. 
Yeah. No, look, and that's not random at all. I mean, I've had people on before who say the complete opposite to what a lot of people would expect. And it could be like, have one fun date night, a fortnight, or at least one bath a week. And that's what I love because we're really just trying to shine a light on that balance is unique and you need to just experiment and find what works for you. And, you know, in and amongst that, it's not only the things you enjoy, but then it's the boundaries you set. It's the, you know, the things that you do that you love and they all change over time you know, and it's just honoring that. So I don't think it's random at all. That totally links in with your passions and I guess your dreams and that's just fueling your soul. So I love that. That's really nice. You get a bag of popcorn as well, chop top, get it all happening. Yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and and where I'm living, there's an old 1920s cinema, like proper oh, from gorgeous. old school golden Hollywood era. So I really cannot wait to take myself. I've My plan is to do that when I'm um, laying low after the second vaccine. Apparently it can knock you around a few days. And I'm like, that is my movie date day when I'm feeling crap and I just want to feel good. I'm taking myself to just sit in a cinema in the middle of the day. Don't care. Like, yeah. you know, just do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinemas. Love that. I've always actually thought like I've been out a few times and like this is not really to do with movies but just, in, just taking yourself out. I've always seen like, I don't know, like an old man, like really attractive young woman just sitting there like plate of pasta, glass of wine, just chilling on their own. I'm like my sister, I can see her doing that and I'm just like I think I could channel that energy but like could I do it? I'm like maybe I should just take myself out. Why not? <laughs> yeah, some like I find it I used to not be able to do it. I was really scared of it but then when I was living with like I remember I had a roommate I was living in Alwood and I was working on a manuscript so I'd take myself to cafes to write and that was how I kind of broke that like habit of not being okay with doing it and I was single at the time as well and it was kind of cool but yeah there's something so not like I mean there's something awesome about going with your partner my partner lives in Australia at the moment though so I've got to get used to going on my own again yeah (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, because I live with my partner. So if I'm like, see, I'm going out, he'll be like, what the hell? Like, that's my favorite restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> He'd get jelly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have to do it on the DL, and not tell him. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing yoga with the girls. He'll be like, oh, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. I like yeah. it. All right. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you about your coffee brand, um, because I love Lion's Mane and I would love to hear from yourself, I guess, the science behind it and how the brand came to be. Well, as soon as we finish chatting, I'll send you some so you can try it for yourself. Thank you. So it's specialty grade coffee and then we get it dehydrated and made instant, so no chemicals, no nasties, and then we add wild-crafted lion's mane to it, which is a medicinal mushroom that is really specific for mental clarity, focus, overall like cognitive function. So it's like a real brain mushroom. And you notice when you have it, especially the first time, you're like, oof, like you've got that little bit of like, yeah, you feel on, man. You should see the mushrooms I've been buying. You can buy it in Australia. It's a little bit harder to get mushroom supplements. But here I've been getting like liquid herbal tinctures of like reishi, chaga, lion's mane. And I add them as well to my um, morning coffee and I'm like, at the moment editing a manuscript and so I'm just like which gives me such good drive so it's 1500 words per seating <laughs> yeah no sweat no probs um yeah, so it just gets great especially this one that we um in in our coffee we don't have reishi or chaga or 
you know, there are so many, the cordyceps, we don't have it, we've just got the lion's mane, so it's really specific for um, brain function. But, yeah, medicinal mushrooms are epic. Look, it's hard in Australia at the moment to do so much with mushrooms. We're working on a few other products and we're really trying to decide whether we put mushrooms in, in it or not just because TGA makes it a little bit tricky. Here in America, though, they're in everything. Yeah. There's CBD in everything here. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. So for anyone yeah. thinking about um, like trying lines, main, what, what do you, what do you, what would you say is like, obviously it's like mental clarity, but is there like a specific type of person this would be better for, or do you think it's beneficial for anybody? Uh, I mean, like, look, it's the one that's really, really specific for anyone that wants to kind of like up brain cognitive stuff, mm-hmm. um, but also like preventative for, it's really good at that neuroplasticity, building neuroplasticity. So um, if you want to prevent, if you've got any kind of like ailments in your family, brain stuff. So my grandma had Alzheimer's, so I'm really pro like turmeric and getting <laughs> in there with like brain support and fish oils and all that kind of thing. And lion's mane is another one of those things. But if you're someone that likes to really like focus, especially with work and your, your morning coffee, like it's so great to just, that's how this product came about. I used to go to my boyfriend's house and I'd rock in with this little like gungy bag of lion's mane. It just looks like dirt and it smells pretty much it does the smell same. Like dirt. <laughs> Yeah, and he and he'd be making me. He's Italian. He made me this beautiful Italian coffee on the stovetop. Um, like it's called. A, I always say it bogan. Yeah, thank you. I call it a cafe tierra, and his parents are like, no, Lola. <laughs> um, yeah. So and he'd be making that for me, and I'd just be like, get a little teaspoon, and be putting like quarter of a teaspoon of lion's mane, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like cognitive function mate and he got so into it and it was his idea to build lola coffee so we're in that together so yeah amazing well you'll have to uh i think chat to his parents more if you can score any italian uh roles over there (laughs) right i know do a little bit of improv i don't mind (laughs) yeah awesome bring it on can't wait (laughs) awesome so if people want to check out um or, or purchase that have you got a website something i can link in the bio yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sell it all on Insta, Facebook, it's all online. So um, just lolacoffee.co was the website. But awesome. uh, I'm going to send you some to try. I want to see. Oh, I love that. My partner's going to be wrapped. We actually always make bulletproof and add the lion's mane or the chaga to it. So he's going to be stoked that it's two in one because he's all about like efficiency. <laughs> oh, well, I'm all, I love a bulletproof as well. Do you know there's bulletproof labs over here? So you oh, walk in what? like in Santa Monica. Yeah. So he's got his bulletproof labs. He sells bulletproof ice cream over here. Yeah, it's massive. The ice bars. cream? I think I'm living in the wrong city. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I, I make bulletproof with Lola Coffee. So you yeah. just add your MCT, your ghee to it, just chuck in a neutral bullet and away you go. Amazing. Love that. And um, if people want to connect with you a little bit more, is Instagram the best way? Have you got like a link tree? What's best? Mainly Insta for me. So just Yamo Lola Berry. Uh, like I created that when I was really in the nutrition days. So people <laughs> are like, yum, what? And I'm like, yum, like food, double M. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'll, put, it, I'll put the handle yeah. below so you don't have to spell it out. <laughs> Thanks, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fave way to talk to people. Awesome. And of course, I'll pop links to the podcast. So if you've enjoyed anything we've spoken about today, there is so much more of this. Like you've got so many episodes to binge listen to, which is what I've been doing on my commute. So you won't regret it. Go and check that out too. But I just want to thank you so much for your time. I know it's kind of in and amongst your move, but I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing and I can't wait to see, I guess, what the next year or so brings for you. 
Thank you so, so much. You, uh, it's, you've been such a champ getting me on while I've been um, relocating. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.